What's up, Zag Nation? You're listening to the Bulldog Alley Podcast, episode two of the 2022-2023 season. I'm Cole Forsman, writer for Gonzaga Nation SI, and I'm joined by fellow journalist, as last episode, Gonzaga student co-host, Henry Kruger. What's up, Henry? Hey, man. How's it going? Uh, it's it's going good. You know, winter break. Not doing, you know, a whole lot. Just trying to watch whatever sports is on at the moment. It's kind of a lull between um, the end of the school year and bowl season, but that's about it. What about you? What have you been up to? Well, you know, I, I kind of similar thing, watching a lot of Zags games, hanging out. I had my wisdom teeth taken out two days ago, if you can notice a little bit of swelling here. Okay. Um, but hey, man, the, the Zags uh, WCC schedule is coming up, so we got we got some stuff to talk about. Yeah, we do. Um, just yesterday, um, they blew out Eastern Oregon and NAIA school, um, 120 to 42. It's the largest victory in program history. Um seven zags scored in double figures there wasn't a whole lot to talk about past probably the midway point in the first half um but you know we can kind of go over it just because it was a historic win um and it was the last one of the non-conference slate um you you know you were watching i know as well what did you sort of see out of the zags um what could you take away from a game like that yeah, totally. I think, you know, heading into the game, I think there were questions of, you know, would this be a game where the Zags look a little bit rusty? Would they start out slow, especially after their holiday break? But I think, you know, I mean, Timmy talked about after the game, they they really felt re-energized. There was kind of a new sense of spirit um, that they played with. And I mean, they dominated pretty much in every facet of the game. You know, they 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 broke multiple program records, including, you know, shooting 70.8 percent from the field. Um so, yeah, and I thought it was it was cool. None of the starters played over 20 minutes. And so you got to see some of the guys at the end of the bench um, get some minutes. And so I, I think all around it was a great team win and, and a great confidence building win, especially ahead of the WCC season. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it's it's nice to see the starters get some rest um, after literally battling the toughest schedule that the program has ever seen. So, um yeah, to your point on the rust, I think that's that's something to watch out for with those like big breaks. I know that that happened last year around this time. They got like 11 days off. Um, so it's good to see, you know, an NAIA school, of course, but um, still they looked they looked fast. They didn't look sluggish at all. Um, it finally looked like almost like last year's team and teams before that just you know run up and down the court. You know, if there was a miss, it's, you know, less than 10 seconds going the other way. Um we haven't seen a whole lot this year. Um, we've seen flashes, but yeah. How, how overall, just how did you feel about the Zag? How do you feel about the Zags coming out of that non-conference slate heading into WCC play? Well, you know, and, and you, you touched on it again, and, and I mentioned it earlier, just the fact that you were able to see so many players get minutes, you know, it, it answered a lot of questions that I had about, you know, guys like Dom Harris, guys like Efton Reed, you know, Ben Gregg, you know, Hunter Salas. I know Hunter Salas fouled out, but, you know, a lot of guys were able to get minutes who, you know, I wasn't sure just based on how tough this conference schedule or non-conference schedule has been, you know, we haven't got to see everyone, you know, and, and, and see if they can build kind of a rhythm with the team and where they fit. And so it was, it was nice, you know, getting some guys, some more minutes. Um, I thought it was cool to see Dom Harris. He had five points, a team high, five assists. 
you know, three blocks, I mean, one block and a steal and in only 14 minutes, you know, he looks comfortable as a facilitator, um, especially on the break, which I think you know, that's a skill that's, that could earn him more minutes going forward. Um, I mentioned Efton Reed, you know, I think this was kind of the game where, you know, he needed to build a rhythm offensively where he could kind of come in and experiment, you know, see where he fits in the system. And he totally took advantage of that opportunity, right? I mean, he had several buckets in transition, looked really good in the paint. I thought him and him and Ben Gregg looked really good on the floor together. Um, and that's, you know, a front court that you could be seeing in the future, you know, future years from now. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think it, it looks good. It's clear that the Zags have, you know, 10 quality guys if you wants to go that deep in his rotation. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it was good to see flashes out of the guys that you mentioned. I think Ben Gregg, you know, just throughout this non-conference play, um, towards the later half, I would say from the PK tournament on, um, was really the a spark off the bench that I really didn't see coming. Um, with, you know, Efton Reed um, slated to come in behind Timmy, you know, off the bench. Um, but, yeah, Ben Gregg, Dom Harris getting some real quality minutes. I'm pretty sure he had a team high five assists um, out there. So he he seems to be in a rhythm and um, the chemistry is there with uh, the other guys out there on the court. Um, but, yeah, overall, I think the non-conference will serve them well. Um, during conference play as it has in the past um but yeah just a, a, a brutal schedule i think they, they the, the Ken palm rating they had like the third toughest schedule i don't know i'm i'm kind of just drawing it off the top of my head but um yeah, yeah we'll see how it see how it bodes for them there was uh also uh noteworthy um a 6-6 french shooting guard i cannot I, i'm not going to pronounce his name i can't um but i say see it on twitter um there was a recruit there at the Zags game yesterday um, with um, Killian Tilly there as well. So um, the recruit also visited UCLA and G League Ignite. Elaine, I think is his first name. Um, I'm not going to try his last name, but uh, apologies. But yeah, that's something to um, keep note on. Yeah, totally. Totally. And yeah, looking, looking towards the future, the guys they have already picked up, you know, Stromer and, and Tuhi and, and, and just seeing who else they can and pick up. But yeah, I mean, there was, there was a lot to, to take away from yesterday. Um, excellent guard play. I think, you know, we had seen some consistencies in the backcourt, but they, it was one of the first games where I felt like pretty much everyone put together. I know Salas fouled out and, and some of the starting guards didn't get a ton of minutes um, just because they had such a big lead, but you know, it, it felt like pretty much every guard put together, you know, a solid performance. And, you know, I think that's important heading into conference play for sure. Yeah. Uh, we had talked about the guard play um, on the first episode. And I think since then, Nolan Hickman, I, I know he had like a three game, I think it was three games in a row where he hadn't had a turnover. He did yesterday, unfortunately, in a game like that, um, he breaks his streak, but yeah, he, he played really well. Um, Razier Bolton at times, you know, he's, he's been asked to do more now as a ball handler. Um, and I think he can handle it, but um, yeah, having great guard play is going to matter um, going forward to conference play, which speaking of which um, Gonzaga kicks off WCC play um, on Saturday. There's, I believe it kicks off WCC kicks off tonight, uh, but the Zags will play on Saturday. They are going to play Pepperdine at home, another 2 PM start uh, on new year's Eve day. 
Um, Henry, I know you've um, paid attention to the waves lately. What what should we look out for um, in the first WCC game? Yeah, I mean, historically, it's it's obviously a pretty lopsided matchup. I think I, I read that the Zags have won 43 straight matchups with the waves. And, but you know, this year, kind of like a lot of the WCC, you know, the bottom has really, you know, stepped up and, you know, the waves are seven and seven, but, you know, they started out five and two before they, you know, dropped five of their last seven games. And, you know, they, they have still some really talented pieces. Maxwell Lewis is a guy that, you know, I've seen go in the, you know, I've seen some drafts have him going in the first round. He's kind of that wing score type that, you know, some scouts have kind of grown to love in, in, in recent years. He's, I think, about 19.4 points a game, which puts him, I think, second among all players in scoring in the WCC. So, you know, and he shoots the ball at a very high clip, 42.9%. Um, this team has a number of really talented scores, whether it's him or, or Houston Mallette who um, I think averaged like 23 points in the, in the two meetings they had last season um, with the Zags. He's another three point shooter. And, you know, to kind of, those are both sophomores and, and to top off that sophomore class, they also have a guy named Mike Mitchell. who was also a great shooter. Another, I think he shoot like 47% from three. Um, and he's also a really good facilitator. So, you know, it's, it'll definitely be a, a really good perimeter matchup to see with the Zags. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Maxwell Lewis, um, Dan Dicko, I, I had heard on the broadcast um, from yesterday's game that he is probably the best NBA prospect in the WCC, and the mock drafts reflect that um, as well. And, and then his his sophomore, his his classmate, Houston Mallet as well. I, I was wondering which one, when they both came in, would take the jump um, because they were both very talented um, in their own ways, and Maxwell Lewis seems to have taken that to a whole new level, but um, – Outside of him, you know, as a unit, the Waves, like you said, they've they've had a bit of a skid lately. Um, they're nothing to rave about on offense or defense by the metrics. Um, you know, and historically, the Zags have dominated these first uh, WCC games. They always get up for them. Um, there won't be much of a atmosphere <laughs> without students. Yeah. But, you know, um, that's the way it goes. I think um, – Pepperdine, they've also, um, yeah, not, they haven't lived up to maybe what we thought they could be this season with so much young talent, but um, yeah. How do you sort of see just the WCC slate for Gonzaga shaping out um, with, you know, St. Mary's is kind of coming on this season. They've, you know, had a great defense all year long. You know, BYU's had a bit of a skid. Santa Clara, you know, they still have some talent, even though they lost some key guys from last year. How do you sort of see um, the Zags shaping in the WCC? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's always cool to see kind of after non-conference play. You know, I know it doesn't totally matter, but just see where, you know, each team is is kind of stacking up and, and how they performed against, you know, sometimes even like other ranked opponents. And, and you know, you saw that, you know, a lot of w, WCC teams – were you know slated and, and played you know ranked teams and and in some cases did very well I mean I think it'll be interesting you know the Zags play Pepperdine and then I think they go on the road and play Santa Clara USF BYU you know that's that's not a cakewalk by any means and so I think you know for those out there saying that well you know the the grueling non-conference slate is over you know of course the WCC slate is is not as challenging but there's definitely 
you know, a game or, or two in there, like you said, with St. Mary's where, you know, they could easily, you know, drop that, you know, if they're not as focused. Yeah, for sure. Um, St. Mary's, you know, they've, they, they played everybody close. Um, all their losses have been really close this year. They've, they know how to control the tempo. Um, and so that's always given the Zags problems in the past. BYU has as well, but you know, it, it'll be interesting because like you mentioned earlier, the bottom half is really starting to get better. Even if, you know, the competitors that we typically think of like BYU, um, USF has lost some players from last year. You know, they're, they're not right on the Zags tail, but the bottom half of the league is, and it kind of just, every team kind of, I, I feel like thinks that they have a shot every night to, you know, knock off Gonzaga or a St. Mary's. Um, it's just how parody has sort of worked. The league has gotten a whole lot better. Um, I think every program besides St. Mary's brought in a power five or brought in a player from a power five conference through the portal. So um, it's definitely talented. It's sort of evened out. It's not going to be probably like last year where we had three teams make it almost four. There was, you know, stretches where we thought there could be four, um, but you know, it, it, it will be a battle every night. I think teams have seen how Gonzaga has fared in some of their losses, and it kind of gives them maybe some confidence heading into those games um, that they could potentially knock off the top the top dog. Yeah, yeah, and, and I agree. Like you said, there's kind of – because Gonzaga's played such, you know, a challenging schedule, they have taken some losses, and so there is – you know, at least teams can try to, you know, form a game plan for how to beat Gonzaga after seeing them you know, struggle with different things like consistency, guard play, you know, ball handling, you know, tempo at times has been difficult. You know, I think really the main consistency has been Drew Timmy, but, you know, there, like you said, there definitely is kind of a blueprint for success against the Zags and, and definitely expect every one of their opponents to, you know, gear up for that game and, and try to give the Zags the best game, you know, they've played all year. Yeah. Yeah. And to your, yeah, Drew Timmy has been, rock solid I mean, his last five games heading into um eastern oregon he obviously didn't play as much but before that he was averaging i think 25 10 and 4 or something like that or that might still be his averages yeah over the last five yeah. games um and he's closing in on um the top um top spot in gonzaga's all-time scoring list uh he passed pangos yesterday um so that's something to keep an eye on something a little fun yeah um as as a whole yeah i i get you the um the consistency has been timmy and the guard it'll be interesting to see how he does you know because st mary's they're big they're physical um loyal marymount they're they've always been physical um it's, it'll be interesting to see how the guards step up um and i think yeah. you know few it's interesting the zags i, I think chemistry is also going to I think we're starting to see them click more. Um, they they ran the same starting five, you know, since 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 game one, which I, I mean, I could think we all kind of figured that they would tinker around maybe, but um, I think that's you know, they're 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 going to find their rhythm at some point um, during these yeah. during these tough non conference or these tough conference games, I should say. So um, yeah, definitely something to keep keep an eye on. Um, it's a long season. So we we can only go up from here, really. That's that's how Gonzaga has always been going through the conference play into the WCC tournament, the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, 
no, I, I totally agree. And, and, and what you said about um, the lineups is, is, is funny to me because it's like we totally got teased at the start of the year about this, you know, small ball four lineup or small ball role that Strother was just destined to play and and he was just going to fit in right there. But, you know, no, he they went they went with two big men. And and kind of like you said, we've seen few be pretty be pretty strict about his rotations. I mean, last year they pretty much ran the whole there's the same starting lineup the whole season, except for senior night, of course. But, you know, I mean, and then, you know, this year it's it's pretty much he's stuck with the same guys. Like you said, not much tinkering around. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, lately you've had a few guys have shooting slumps like Bolton or, and, you know, and, and a few other guys. So, you know, who knows what to think of that. But I, I, I can't see them tinkering too much with the starting lineup. I, I could definitely see few kind of just sticking with, with what he has and, and, you know, in a way, it's it's not always a bad thing to have, you know, great guys coming off the bench like Malachi Smith we've seen lately really perform. Um, and so I'm not too worried about, you know, who's starting and who's, you know, coming off the bench. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. And I think, you know, I think Ben Gregg, is, he's, he's going up right now. He's gaining a lot more confidence we've seen. He's, ben Gregg's stock is just... It's going through the roof right now. And I think <laughs> he play that, that, that's a big spark, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it'll be fun, fun to watch, uh, how the Zags finish out the regular season. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bulldog Alley podcast. Go check out the Gonzaga nation podcast hosted by Dan Dickow, wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, Henry, good, good talking to you again. Um, have a great rest of your winter break, get back to school Thank safe. You. Um, and we will chat next time. Yep. See ya. How do I stop it? There it is. <laughs>